Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanized Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Welcome to the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast. My name's Steve Barlow. As always, as I always do say, I'm joined by Craig Saffin. So how are you today, Craig? Great, Steve. Very well, thanks. Who have we got on today? Okay, today we've got a guest called Grace Gilmore. So welcome to our podcast, Grace. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and the kind of work that you do and a bit about your story, your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so my name is uh, Grace Gilmore. I'm the managing director of a recruitment company called Kennedy Reed. Um, We, yeah, we predominantly recruit in the business support and the insurance space. Um, and a little bit about me. So um, I suppose, God, my my journey of work, I um, moved to Australia 12 years ago now. Um, feels like yesterday. And um, interestingly enough, I, you know, when I came out here, it was really just for, you know, six months or a year stint to do a bit of traveling. And in between, I worked in um, a call center doing sales and, you um, Funnily enough, a recruitment agent there at the time um, had said to me, have you ever thought about, you know, going into recruitment? I'd never even heard about recruitment up until now. Um, And um, I said, no, I've never thought about it. Um, But I really like insurance and I love chatting with people. Um, You know, maybe I'll think about it. So the story really began from there. And I interviewed with um, our director, Stuart Freeman, at the time, a three hour interview. I'll never forget it. Um, and yeah, my journey in recruitment started from there. And I'm actually at Kennedy Reed 10 years um, in September. Um, so I started off, yeah, completely clueless to rolling up the sleeves and, you know, doing every part of the job to, yeah, evolving into this role in the past two years um, or two and a half years now. Um, yeah, so it's been some journey. It's great. Well, that's fantastic. What, what were you doing before the call centre? So before you came to Australia, what were you doing? Were you a student or were, were, you, yeah. were you working in, in in Ireland? Yeah, so I, Craig, when I left Ireland, um, as, as, as you guys would know well, there was obviously, um, you know, a recession at that time, um, an extremely bad recession. And I'd just come out of university. And I remember thinking when I was in university, oh, by the time I finish uni, you know, the recession will be over and, you know, um, get stuck into a job. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So when I came out of university, I was lucky enough that my father had his own business. So I worked for him for a little while, um, doing some marketing and just general, I suppose, you know, business stuff day to day, just really learning the ropes of a business. Um, which was great because that had been my degree. So I was starting to put it into practice. And then that was really the idea of, you know, I'll come to Australia for the year. And then when I come back after that, hopefully the market will have picked up. But 
yeah, lo and behold, I'm I'm still here. <laughs> I never made it back. Yeah, like a lot of other people, really. Yeah, it's surprising how many people we uh, we've had on this show actually that um that have uh, come to Australia for a few weeks and they end up being here still a long time yeah. later. And uh, I know. But, so so you graduated uni and you went into your your parent your father's business and you just were trying different things based on your qualifications and you morphed into even call center, right? So what is the value do you think of uh, a young graduate um, trying different things and just uh, uh, trying to see where their passion is? Yeah, I've talked about this a lot recently, um, you know, really bringing it home with my, um, you know, youngest sibling and trying to find his way and decide what to do. And one thing I could not recommend more, if you can, when you're going through university, try and work in as many different businesses as you can, you know, put your hands up, offer to do six weeks, two months, you know, um, work experience, you know, even if it's, even if, you know, they can't pay you to do it, it's extremely beneficial. And I think it's just, it can be a real eye opener, you know, um, to, to see, you know, what you like and what you don't like. Mm. And as much as you can do, you know, every psychometric test going and, you know, you can have your parents tell you about their experiences. You don't really understand, right. you know, and I'm going to say the corporate world because that's what I'm in. Right. But, you know, you never really understand that until you're actually in it. Yes. Um, And, you, you know, study is fantastic, but, the, for me, the most important thing about uni is more so you maturing during that time yes. and you're presenting and you're pushing yourself, you know, in different ways. But but actually entrenching yourself in a business is yeah. is the most valuable piece to me of really getting that experience and understanding, you know, what your path might be, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's very, very good advice, actually. So. So your um your business, as you said in, in in your introduction, is mainly looking at business support and also in insurance executive jobs. Uh, can you talk about what's changed in those? Because they're, they're two different industries, aren't they? Two different distinct areas. They are. Um, one, one's, they are a con- in- one's a contract uh, area, I, I expect, and then the other one it will be more uh, permanent type roles, executive roles in companies. What's changed in the last three years? Because it's quite been quite turbulent period, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been it's been a very interesting time. I think the biggest change, you know, and and it's funny timing because I could probably talk about the last two years or three years, Craig. It's been all about in the recruitment world, the candidate, you know, mm. um, and for most businesses out there, the struggle to really find good people for your business, you know. Mm. Um, and the value they bring, you just can't underestimate it. And I think people have really seen that over the last couple of years. So so that's been a huge, um, you know, huge thing for everyone um, in our world is finding good people, right, um, for our clients. Um, but it's starting to move. It's starting to slightly move the other way again. Mm. So we're seeing that that push more so where there is more candidates on the market. Yes. Obviously, there's a lot more people coming into Australia now as well. Mm. Um, and so not as many jobs. Um, so it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a game change for for people who've maybe come into our recruitment world in the last couple of years because it has really been driven by the candidate. Mm. But now you're back to you know, almost 50-50 really. 
um, in terms of where that is. So, so it's been interesting. And I think the other thing is the big change has been our face-to-face -face interaction, um, especially when it comes to, to candidates. Um, you know, if I was to take you back three years, we, I mean, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have dreamed of interviewing a candidate if they didn't come in and meet you face-to-face, -face, unless maybe they're in Melbourne, but in Sydney, mm. But now I can't remember the last time we've had a candidate come in and, and meet us face to face. Oh, it's really? all over Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and look, it, it's great for the candidate in a way because it means it can give them more. They have that flexibility to be able to interview or, you know, do it on the break at home or something like that. Whereas before mm. it was trying to find the time and, you know, that was that was stressful in itself, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's really changed for us as well. A lot mm. of it is online now, whereas yeah. before it was, it was, yeah, all face to face. Right. So you're doing a lot of recruiting virtually, actually. So, and, and do you think, do you think you're missing anything like that? The, uh, other than that face to face piece, it's a very different experience to, um, to that Zoom experience, isn't it? It absolutely is. Yeah. Do, do, do you think, do you think you miss anything from that? Our own recruitment here for our business. Um, you know, I'm happy to to get on a Zoom and meet a candidate um, yeah. face to face uh, or yeah, on Zoom. But I'll never I wouldn't hire without meeting them face to face then as well. You know, I think you just get such a different experience with. Yeah, people. you do, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things, so it's very interesting that you're moving from a candidate uh, centric market to, uh, back towards a 50 50, you said, which I yeah. assume is much more focused on the client and, yeah. and the client's needs. So. Are clients in general in a in the current market are they still wanting the perfect unicorn or the, do they want they're happy to get someone who's really good and then train them into that role? What's the trend there? Yeah, I mean they they all start with wanting wanting the the perfect unicorn, right? <laughs> so do we all? But yeah. I think um, you know as time as time surpasses, they realize you know. Yeah, I probably need to rethink, you know, what I'm looking for. And th that's our job, right, to consult and, mm. and you know, give the client an understanding of the market. But I think it's a real mix, to be honest. I think, yeah. you know, you do have clients who are, you know, if they've got the capacity and they're able to train, they absolutely will. Because, mm. you know, we all know that attitude, work ethic, accounts for so much when you're taking somebody into your business. So if you can, mm. if you have that time, to take somebody and train them up and bring them in from a different background, you know, why not, you know, mm. can work really, really well. Um, but, you know, for some clients, they just don't have that, you know, they need to just get somebody who can get in and hit the ground running straight away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rather yeah. than spend the six months of training them up and getting them on, up to speed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, I often try and give them our own um, experiences. I mean, you know, we have um, a lady working for us now who is in London in the corporate travel space and she moved back to Australia um, during COVID. And obviously, you know, that she had a redundancy at the time when she'd come back because of COVID. Um, and she came into our business with no experience. And she's one of our our, our top billers at Kennedy no. Reed now. You know, it's a fantastic story. So, yeah, you know, you, you do hope that, you know, clients can can take that time to take people in and, and train them up, you know, and it's not always looking for experience. Give other people a chance as well. 
Hmm. I just want to shift a little bit uh, over towards uh, putting the spotlight on Kennedy Reid a little bit because, um, you know, as a tribute to you and also to Stuart, uh, Kennedy Reid's quite well known in the industry for having um, a very uh, female friendly environment. And and you've got, I didn't know about the Irish uh, swing, but um, but the, um, <laughs> but, but, but certainly yeah. uh, most of the employees ha- are women and have been for a, a while. Um, can you talk about uh, what it takes to have a, a, a professional environment like that? Because recruiting does have a bit of a history on the macho side and but Kennedy Reid is quite different to that. So what what is Kennedy Reid uh, culture? What what is different about it that encourages professional women to succeed in, in that environment? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Um what 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 is it about the environment? I think um you know it's Kennedy Reid's obviously evolved a lot over the years. We started with yeah, three or four. And we're now up to almost 25 um, staff who, yeah, and it's still predominantly women. Um, you know, I think that we're a very encouraging environment. Um, there's a lot of open communication between the staff. Um, you know, we I really encourage the idea that somebody coming from any sort of background, you know, coming into Kennedy Reid you know, regardless of having recruitment experience or not, can bring the best ideas to the table. Mm. And we really empower people like that, you know. So you come in, you've no experience in recruitment. Um, your idea can be better than someone with 10 years experience, as far mm. as I'm concerned. Um, you know, and I think that sort of environment, you know, we make people feel comfortable um, and we're flexible. You know, we offer a lot of flexibility as well. Um, you know, if, you know, you need to work from home or, you know, you want to start later in the day and finish later in the evening or, you know, we just try to accommodate everyone to the best of our ability. Mm. Um, and I think that works really well for us as well. Oh, good. I, I'm guessing that people feel as if they're heard as well. Um, whereas in sometimes in a, in a, in, in a, an environment that's not so diverse uh, that some people may have trouble being heard or feeling that they're uh, making a real contribution. Would you think that's an aspect? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we really, that's been a big part of, um, I suppose, me changing even as a leader myself, you know, really listening to everyone, you know, Mm. Um, and, you know, in training, we do training here every week, It, you know, really involving everyone and getting everyone involved in that and, and taking on board what, what the staff have to say. Mm. Um, we survey everyone um, every quarter mm. on on um, the company and how they mm. feel, mm. you know, everything is and the culture, you know, where they want to go in their career. What's their, mm. what does their progression look like? You know, because everyone's different. Sure. Um, and I think that makes people feel heard as well. You know, yeah. they know that they get that opportunity to sit down and really think about that with their manager. Yeah, that's really good. Has that role that you just described as a leader, has your role changed much in the last few years? Have you had to change because of the the hybrid piece and all the different requirements for work? Yeah, I think, I think look, you know, if you were to look back on your previous self, as they say, and how you did things and and how you do things now, yeah, I think it has, my role has changed. Um, you know, highs and lows through through all my leadership roles at Kennedy Reed, but I suppose with this one, you know, it's, you know, I'm responsible for 
you know, 25 people, right? And their happiness and the business and and everything else when they're in work. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, over that time, I have really opened up to, I think a more an autonomous style of leadership with everyone. Mm. Um, you know, that flexibility piece we've talked about, we didn't have that a couple of years ago, Craig, sure. yeah, you yeah. know, that's all quite new for us as well. So it certainly has changed and it's giving people the reins to, to run their own business within a business and really trusting people. Mm. Um, whereas I think, you know, before maybe in my younger years, you know, I, I that whole control piece might have been there a lot more where I felt that I always had to be at the forefront of everything, but it's actually letting go of that and seeing what the guys in here can do. And I think that's been a big part of, you know, how we've been able to grow as a business. Yeah, that's a very good advice, I think. So one, one thing I just want to finish off on is, um, you know, uh, surveys from Microsoft, because Microsoft knows everything about our work habits these days. And and it seems that uh, during the, um, during the, uh, pandemic people started to work longer hours especially and different types of hours in the day um, uh, so sometimes working later after the kids go to bed or something like that is the thing sort of reporting that Microsoft's done but uh, today in the paper I read about allowed leaving and uh, mm. managers doing loud leaving and uh, that sort of signifying to people that it's okay to stop work uh, I'm going for a run sort of thing uh, which is not something you need to say but something they're saying well do you do any loud leaving at your place or do you how do, well, how do you get the work-life balance for your employees uh, make sure it's in place absolutely I definitely do loud leaving <laughs> I and not even that during the day I get into my gym gear, I walk into the office and I head off to F45 at 11. And I say to the other managers, you know, what's everyone doing for lunch? Get up, get out, you know? Yeah. So loud leaving to me isn't just in the evening, it's during the day yeah. when you can get stuck into something. I'm like, no, I'm off to F45, I'm in the gym gear. Um, and I really try to encourage that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, one of our values is energetic. And I think it's really important that people feel comfortable to get out and do, you know, what they want in their break. Now, for some people that might be going to Pitt Street and shopping, great, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, in the evening, same thing, you know. And again, that's changed for me. Mm. You know, years ago, I would have said, I have to be the last here oh, if I'm not the last here. But now I'm happy to walk out the door at five and say I have something on or, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever it yeah. is. And I, I encourage that. I, the whole idea is, you know, you want everyone to get their work done, but let let them do it, you know, when it suits them, right? You yeah, know, sure. the errors that work for them. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic advice. Thanks very much, Grace. Steve, do you want to sum it up for us? Yeah, yeah. So that was fascinating, Grace. Thanks so much for sharing your ideas with us. Um, sum, summing it up, at least what I heard, um, there are five areas that I, I'd like to touch upon. Um, the first area has got to do with time. And uh, you talked about really how to use your time effectively. And you talked about being at university was a time for maturing. Yeah. And uh, but also a time for learning theory and, uh, you know, the basic landscape of a profession or a, a field of study. But then when you got out into the workforce and you actually graduate from university and you're out there in the workplace, um, this is a, a use of time to understand and get to know how the world really works. 
what what do things what do things uh, how do things work on the ground? But it's also a time to get to know yourself. And you advocated the idea of getting lots of experiences and trying lots of things out, even if you're not getting paid for them necessarily. What you're doing is learning what you like and what you don't like. And that's a really good use of time to set yourself up for knowing where to head in the future. So uh, a strategic use of time. The second area that I want to focus on is, is really a broad area that covers the, all the next uh, five areas. And that is, broadly speaking, what changes and what stays the same. And this mm. is a relatively common theme in, in our podcasts. But you talked about what changes. Well, you know, the marketplace changes. Uh, there was a time when it was very much uh, candidate focused, and there are times when it's it's more of a balanced candidate client focused, and this is something that continues to change. The other thing that continues to change is how people actually conduct business, how they work, and uh, it used to be people in the office, uh, candidates in the office, and now it's more candidates on the on the Zoom. But with a mixture of coming into the office to find a mix that actually works best for everybody. But there's more flexibility these days. And that's something that we need to adapt to. We need to be adaptable enough to sort of go with the flow and be able to figure out what's going to work well to meet our needs strategically. And that's the change piece. But on the other side of it is the what stays the same piece. And you talked about three areas. And one area was attitude, how important people's attitude is. <clears throat> and in some ways, it's even more important than people's experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've advocated for clients being uh, open to, to taking on people who have got a good attitude, but maybe they kind of lack experience or training, but they could learn. And if they've got a good attitude, they probably will learn. But also on the client side, on the on the candidate side, on the on the employee potential employee side, they need to be open to having a good attitude, obviously, and be open and willing to learn. So attitudes, good attitude stays the same. Another thing that stays the same is good culture. And you talked about. Um, the place where you work as being a place where there's a lot of encouragement, where there's a lot of open communications between people, where you want to hear good ideas no matter who says them, whether it be an, a, a, someone who's been there for a long time and has got lots of experience or someone who's just new. If you've got a good idea, you're, you're welcome here and, and, and we want to hear what you've got to say. And then to be flexible and accommodating to people. And following up on that is the fifth topic of things that need to stay the same, and that is good leadership. And uh, that's always appropriate and it's always important. But good leadership is not something that's fixed. Good leadership is something that evolves as the business evolves, as the market evolves, as technology evolves, and as people evolve. So our ability to provide good leadership is something that evolves over time. And you talked about, um, you know, adapting to new things and also letting go of things, being prepared to let go. And finally, we talked about, you talked about the loud leaving thing, which is really about balance, respecting people, 
accommodating people, being flexible with people and helping people to bring their best to the workplace and to be acknowledged as human beings, not just uh, robots. So uh, these these five things are the messages that I got out of what you said, and I think they're really valuable. So thank Absolutely. You. No problem at all. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much, Grace. Thanks for being part of the podcast and sharing uh, your experience. It's fantastic. No, it's, it's been brilliant. It's been great. Thank you so much, Craig, and thank you so much, Steve, for having me on. Thank you for coming, Grace. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanized Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.